0: This is the MDRT Podcast. Ideas, both big and small, can make a significant impact on your business. But how do you know what's right for you? During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Clay Gillespie from Vancouver, Canada. Danny O'Connell, Dallas, Texas. Discussed the concept of risk and how media appearances and a strategic approach to implementing ideas has benefited them. One that I did is how social media has really driven my practice because when I started out doing this, I didn't anticipate the end result of it, but I enjoy writing and so I would write articles about things and they would get picked up and they would get published all over the country. And so I would put those on my LinkedIn page and people would start to notice me and wanna talk to me or wanna bring me in or wanna do business with me and start connecting me with other people and it ultimately led in some very successful doctors and practices and things who were on radio shows, then wanting me to come in and talk about insurance and how that complemented what they were doing. Which then, radio shows like Fox News, you know, lo- local affiliates then started wanting to have me on and now have my phone number and call me on a regular basis. Hey, can you come on today? So then I can take those sound bites and those segments, put them back onto my social media or my clients see that and I get invited to go speak in front of different groups, it's an instant credibility where they're like, well, the guy was on Fox News Radio, he must know what he's talking about. So then I get brought into a group and we'll write business out of that. So it's been exciting to see that. That's not how I ever would have dreamed it up. But then I also use my social media to really keep in touch with my clients. And you have to understand different methods of social media accomplish different things. So Facebook, it's kind of more personal, more soft touch, keep in touch, keep in front of your client. I've used my LinkedIn literally as a resume where I've printed it out in a PDF format and go in and meet with somebody, business owner, and they say, well, I already have an advisor. I said, well, I appreciate that. Here's my, my LinkedIn profile. Here's 25 articles I've written, news interviews that I've done, different comments and things from clients. I'm sure that your current advisor has the same. And they table it by side and say, OK. And it takes the, the total objection of not knowing you or your credibility or how good of an advisor you are off the table. Why don't more advisors reach out to the media? Well, I think too many people worry about well, what am I going to say? Am I going to offend somebody? You know, how do I use this? And there are definite ways that you can market to prospects and clients through LinkedIn. Absolutely, you can use that to do that. But... Understanding that this serves more than just a purpose of staying connected or trying to directly market to somebody, you can also use as a credibility tool, which is what I've been able to do. So now more people see that, the more invitations that I get, the more things that I do get put there. So it just continues to build credibility to where now I'm invited to speak in front of more people and do more things. And that only goes to add to my credibility,
1: which only goes to add opportunities for me. In any business, I believe it's incremental changes that make you successful. So I don't think I've ever had to or wanted to take a dramatic leap because I've never really had to make a dramatic leap. You're always making changes. You're always adjusting your business. You're always changing what you do. I do a bunch of media work, but it's all gradual. And it's it's never a risk. I don't think I've ever had to take a risk in business Because you're just spending your time going to the various meetings, seeing where the industry is going and try to be there before other people get there. So it's not a a risk per se. So it's hard for me to answer that question because that's not how I plan. I don't think I've ever needed to take a risk, nor do I ever want to take a risk. And I think if you're doing that, there's something wrong with your business to start with. I don't think what Danny did was a risk. I think that was a calculated knowledge of what was happening. Um, It wasn't even completely unique, he just did it better than everybody else. So it wasn't unique, it wasn't risky, he just did it, he thought about it, and he did it better than everybody else. That's why he was successful, not because he took the risk.
0: You know, one of the things that I think most people in our industry, you take some level of risk because most of us are, you know, a risk from going commission to fee-based, a risk going to straight commission, a risk going from sales to management. There are risks inherently within the moves of our industry, just like there are in probably any industry. And you can calculate the odds and, and make those calculated risks. I do think where we are unique in our industry is, You know, many people do the exact same thing for a long number of of years, and they'll be happy where they are. I try to tweak my business every year. And I may try out a new idea or a new twist or something new that I got from MDRT members and top-of-the-table members and try to implement it and see how that works. And it may work great. It may backfire. One of the things I love about our organization is we share ideas. So I'll tell you exactly what I did last year to get where I am today. And if you can do it better than me, then good for you. Shame on me, but I'm not worried because that's what I was doing last year. And this year I've already, you know, kind of tweaked how I'm doing it or what I'm doing or implementing a new idea. While those are all risks, they may be just small incremental risks as you go to where it doesn't, you know, blow up the whole system, but you try to see where you can be more efficient.
1: One of the things that I find is kind of a pet peeve of mine is whenever you go to a session, the speaker will say, if you don't use this by Monday or within the two weeks, you're never going to do it. And so you see people in our industry, they'll get an idea and they'll try to implement it two weeks later. And to me, that's quite foolish because that's more of a salesperson rather than a business. A business is done by looking at whatever's going in your business. So in my case, what I do is I get all the ideas that I'm going to have and I file them away, cause I've, and then come the business plan, which I do every year, I'll take the ideas out at that point. Then I'll be able to prioritize which idea I wanna go with and when I wanna do it and which ideas are good. So yeah, you have to have a way of storing it. But if we see so many people in our industry, that's a great idea, I'm gonna do it. So they do it and they do it for six months. And then, oh, here's my other great idea. It's like ADD, you have to have a structure, you have to have a process. And if you go from good idea to good idea to good idea, You're not building a business. You're just building a mess load of clients that are different because you got them different ways. So I'm all for good ideas, but I'm not all for implementing them right away without looking how it's going to affect the the business. And every time a speaker says that, I just cringe because I know somebody's going to do it on Monday. They're not going to think of the implications, and it's going to put them back in their business. Didn't you say that in your focus session, Clay? (laughs) (laughs) I did say that. (laughs) You actually went. You you actually learned something, I bet.
0: In fact, embracing a new idea isn't always about finding people you agree with.
1: Well, one of the things that I was taught by my mentor, Jim Rogers, was go to speakers that you disagree with because it challenges you to think differently about your practice. If you go to people that you agree with, you just pat yourself on the back and find out you're doing all the right things. That's not a useful exercise. It's a more enjoyable exercise. But people you don't understand... you don't agree with. And then you hear the idea, you get that uncomfortable feeling. And I think the only way you're going to change your practice and adjust what you're doing is making yourself uncomfortable. So yeah, switching from commission to fees, going from more planning, going all these different things, but it's really just changing to what the marketplace wants in there. So there's no real one great idea. You get a grain of truth that comes from one speaker that you'll add to another speaker and the other thing you don't want to do is fall in love with one idea without researching the other side of it so the more you just get the ideas and you go along with it you make these incremental changes to your business every single year and you find you have a very big business at the end of it because you're incrementally changing and there's always stuff that's wrong and you're always working on the stuff that's wrong and then you move on to the next thing so there's no one big idea that there's probably 500 ideas when I went from commissions into fees listening to all that when I switched from fees to discretionary that was uncomfortable when you're talking about I, I special in retirement income planning I have a certain way of doing it so I'm always going to everybody else to see what they're doing at the end of it I may still think they're wrong or I may question what I do and more often than not you get something out of it but he could still just be a wingnut, and that's fine. But I go to things all the time about practice management, about when you go to leadership skills, and this is what a leader should do. I'm not doing any of that. right? So there's always, always making yourself uncomfortable makes you better. They say, well, you've got to talk to people a certain way, and you've got to do this with your staff. And I'm going, well, I'm not going to do that with my staff. Maybe I should, but I'm not. Some of this is experience-based, but on the planning side, there's always stuff. They generate income the way I wouldn't generate income, and I'm trying to figure out why they're doing it their way. So there's always those kind of planning techniques. You know, should I use a variable annuity or should I not use a variable annuity? Should I use a fixed annuity? Should I do all those kind of things? So you always got those type of issues. I
0: think it also comes back to what's right for you. I mean, I completely agree with you saying just taking these incremental nuggets each year from the meeting and from You know our members and we talk about there's over 2,400 top of the table members meaning there's over 2,400 ways to qualify and something that may work for Clay and I can see he's very successful and he knows his niche his market how to do it Um, that works for him that doesn't mean that that would work for me doesn't mean that's a bad idea just for me personally it's not going to produce the results the same as it would for Clay. What change did you make? So we used to do some seminars to do selling and we had marginal results and so we kind of got away from it and I attended an annual meeting a couple years ago. It may have been the Philadelphia meeting and there was a lot of things going on in our industry with our clients and we knew we need to educate a lot of people and we were kind of getting into this bottleneck. It was how are we going to do this and I went and listened to a couple different focus sessions. One of them was by Corey Metz and he was talking about seminars and somebody else was talking about something else. I had the idea, I was like, you know, instead of having just a straight seminar trying to sell things to people, what if we invited clients and prospects and have one to try to educate them about what's going on from a regulatory standpoint, but then educate them about how our staff was going to handle that as we got into this busy season so that they knew what to expect from us, um, how to handle it, who was going to handle it, and the kind of a timeline. So we built that expectation in their mind. And, you know, person said, well, you know, I don't want to do this because it's going to cost us money, even though it would save us in the long run. So I was able to actually go out and get um, sponsors for this. So we actually started making money off of educating our clients and prospecting. And our clients loved it. Had business owners that owned restaurants. We would host it at their restaurants. We were giving back to them. We got to the point where we were bringing people in from the home office of insurance companies to come talk. Our clients have asked us, you know, every year they look forward to these. Last week we did one with a federal congressman and halfway through it, his staff asked if, they could, if we could do this every year. And so now we're really focusing on transitioning even from just an insurance education piece to now doing a quarterly event where it's really focused on business owners and things that they need to know as a business owner. Things like, you know, how to hire, find the right CFO, do you need one? About leadership, about coaching, about sales and marketing, about social media for their business. So it's really about driving and giving back to them as business owners, how to develop their business. because. I have a vested interest in my clients doing well, and I don't think you see that much anymore, especially with so much going online and the internet and so much technology coming into place. Yeah, you can find information, you can do things online, but you don't find the internet there helping to guide you and really drive your business and drive you and develop you as a person. So that's where we're now really... Uh, kind of moving with this. It started to surprise me when clients started asking me and they were excited saying, "Hey, are you going to do that again this year or are you going to still put on those events?" And it surprised me to see our clients excited about that because I was coming in talking about insurance and things in my industry that I knew and the changes that we knew were going to be coming down the path. I never thought that that would excite them, but it did and now they're very excited about where we are taking
1: it cuz they don't get that. One idea that was, I can't remember where I got it from at some meeting, was an idea where I do a survey for clients that are five to seven years from retirement to see what they're thinking. And at the same time, they'll interview people that have been retired for 10 years to see how their retirement went. So we re- reproduced that we do this survey every single year, and it, we get it bound up, do a good PDF, do all those kind of things. But the first reason I did it originally was to find out what my focus group because I deal with clients that are close to retirement, so I always say my number one prospect is someone five years from retirement. My number one client is someone who's retired, so I wanted to do this survey to see what that market was doing. What I didn't know would happen when I did this is the when I produced the piece, it turned into really good marketing with the uh, various news outlets because everybody likes the survey in the news outlet. I sent it out to all my existing clients thinking they may find it interesting. They love getting it every year and then you send it out to COIs and prospects, and they also like getting the information because there's nothing sales about it. So it was just a second collateral material that we developed that now gets used in and quoted in media and various other things because we've now, six years we've been doing next year will be our seventh year. So that was one idea. An idea I I'd just finished, but I have no idea how well it's gonna work, was to write a book. So I used a ghostwriter to write this book, and that was definitely an idea I got from MDRT for people who have done that very successfully. And I took a fictional couple five years from retirement, and I took them all the way through the retirement with all the advice that would happen to them as they go along to use as a marketing piece. So that's being printed right now. So no idea if it's going to work yet. But that's definitely an idea that I um, got from MDRT. And I'm just waiting to see whether it works or not. You have to check in in a year. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. We'll see you next time.
0: If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes at MDRT Podcast.